Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sex News with Ray, the Patreon episode. And we're here with Yael again. You will remember Yael, I believe, from season one, correct? If you don't, then that's your fault, not mine. Yeah. Okay, Yael, I'm going to give you, it's actually your birthday today. So you it are is. going to get to pick which article we read. I have a bunch of titles, um, all of them from today, January okay. 17th. This is going to come out a week later. And you get to pick which one sounds the most interesting to you. Sounds good. Okay, one is from southwestlondoner.co.uk. Stigma doesn't discriminate. Sexual health in 2022. Then there's another one from the New York Times. Why did Facebook reject these ads? A new report found that social the social network has rejected ads from 60 companies focused on women's sexual health, citing policies on adults' products and services. Number three, where has science settled around foreskin? And number four, young people who use marijuana have better orgasms and sexual functions, study says. Interesting. Um, I'm really torn between two and four, so I'm like going to be the tie. I'll let you be the tiebreaker. Okay. Why don't we start with four because you're a pot okay. user, and then we'll see if we have time for two. Me, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never smoked pot in my life. Okay. Well, <clears throat> you say currently inhaling um for our listeners okay so young people who use marijuana have better orgasms and sexual function study says by the way this is from marijuanamoment.net so mm. they're a little biased but maybe young- slightly <laughs> interrupt me at any point to give your thoughts by the way oh <laughs> okay. actually okay before we go into this i want to let you know um i was doing some research on social media shit for mexicanibus mm-hmm. and you know how the there's like the the nervous systems in your body that do different things. So there's the endocannabinoid system, which is what the THC molecules are attaching to. So there are receptors in your endocannabinoid system that THC attaches to, and that's basically how you get high. Mm-hmm. The other thing, this is, you know, cannabinoids, cannabis, great. The other thing that they found is that this ENS system controls a whole bunch of other things in your body, one of which is sexual arousal in women. Side note, you should know that going into this article because I read this. Okay. They discovered that in 2012, by the way, that the endocannabinoid system is one of the ones that that is helping with arousal. Cool. Mm-hmm. Young people who smoke marijuana and drink alcohol have better orgasms and overall sexual function than their peers who abstain or use less, a study in Spain recently concluded. Because the existing scientific literature on the impact of drinking and drug use on sexual functioning is contradictory, finding both benefits and harms... A team of researchers from the University of Almeria designed a new observational study to analyze their effects with three commonly used surveys to detect potential risky drinking and cannabis use, as well as changes to one's sexual functioning. From January to June 2020, researchers assessed 185 females and 89 males between the ages of 18 and 30 who were either regular cannabis or alcohol users or non-users, excluding those who used other substances like opiates or MDMA, as well as screening out those with pre-existing conditions like depression and diabetes, which could have a negative impact on their sexual performance. Sexual function is improved in young people who are high-risk cannabis consumers with a moderate risk of alcohol use, resulting in increased desire, arousal, and orgasm. The study published at the end of last month in the journal Healthcare found this improvement... I already have thoughts. Okay, let me finish the paragraph, and then this improvement is usually associated with a reduction in anxiety and shame, which facilitates sexual relationships. What are your thoughts? That's exactly... I, I think that it's more like... First of all, I think that there's a certain level of people who use cannabis and people who drink a lot of alcohol tend to 
I guess, let go, release a bit more. I think that that openness can contribute a lot to sexuality. As we know, orgasms um, are often affected by how much you can be in the moment, how much you're able to relax. If you're thinking about a million things, um, it's going to be harder. If you're not fully comfortable, if you're not fully relaxed, if you're not focused on pleasure in the moment and the journey, um, these are all things that can affect orgasm. And those are all things that, I guess, pothead mentality of just being chill, um, you know, helps with a little bit. And smoking cannabis can relax you. And that's going to lead to a better orgasm. Yeah. I'll continue. You're the expert here. I say as someone who like bought edibles over the summer and has used one of them. Uh, the can <laughs> at the beach. The cannabis users scored higher than non-users on both the overall sexual functioning scale and the subscales of arousal and orgasm. And those who use cannabis the most were found to report higher sexual functioning and arousal scores than the moderate users. No differences were found on the desire and orgasm subscales between moderate and heavy users, and no differences were detected amongst men and women respondents to the survey. When it comes to alcohol use, no significant differences in either overall sexual function or in any of the subscales measured were found between drinking and non-drinking participants. However, there were statistically significant differences based on levels of alcohol consumption, potentially suggesting some dose-dependent outcomes. Those who reported heavy drinking scored higher on the total sexual function questionnaire and the arousal subscale than those who do not drink at all, the study found. And the high consumption participants had significantly higher total questionnaire and orgasm subscale scores than the moderate consumption participants. But those participants who reported an existing alcohol dependence had significantly lower scores than their peers whose drinking was evaluated to be merely at a higher risk for dependency. So like alcoholics are exempt from everything they just said is basically mm -hmm. what they're saying. Like, the, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep going. I also think yes. that I know that with alcohol, like it, it reduces your inhibitions a little bit, right? Like that's a thing that, yeah, that but... happens. That's why you can't fully give consent when you're at a certain level of intoxication, because that thing that says no, those things that says put on the brakes inside your brain when you're thinking properly are a little bit less sharp when you're drinking. Yeah. I mean, there's also whiskey dick. So I guess that it depends, too. right? Like alcohol can be a disinhibitor, but can also be an inhibitor. Like it's a downer, right? So some people. True. But some people it. have that effect with marijuana as well. Yeah, no, like, I mean, I just meant like, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, some people are like whiskey dick, like too drunk to fuck. Mm -hmm. so, and other people need that little bit of release of inhibitions in order to get an erection. Yeah. Like fascinating. It's, it's a, it's, it is fascinating because everybody is different and every person is different and everyone's going to have a different. Yes. I'm glad you're here yeah. for story time. Okay. These marijuana results are consistent with previous studies that found cannabis use enhances sex and masturbation, increases sexual desire, and leads to better orgasms, as well as those that have found cannabis consumers have more sex than cannabis abstainers, and a higher score on sexual health inventories and serum testosterone levels. Basically, pot smokers fuck, is what this is saying. That's what I'm getting from this. Uh, it's possible. It is possible. Um... I think, honestly, I think this is more, like, that whole causation versus correlation kind of thing. Well, like, I don't think this is a causation. I don't think that people are more likely to fuck because they smoke cannabis. I think the type of people who smoke cannabis are also more fuck. likely to fuck. Yeah. I think that is, I think it's more of a personality thing. I, I Personally, I, I would be interested to see... 
I would be interested to see personality testing, honestly. Yeah. More in the study as well in order to fully see if it is from the cannabis, which I, I, as someone who is, uh, jokes aside, like I am a medicinal cannabis smoker. I have been smoking for years and years. It is a large part of my life because I need it medically. Um, And I, I read a lot about cannabis. So I... I'm definitely interested to see what personality it there's something there. There's something not quite. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Okay. Ready? So we have like mm. four paragraphs left too, which is fun. Older studies that previously found some evidence of erectile dysfunction among heavier alcohol consumers may have been influenced by the older ages of the respondents, according to the research team behind the new paper, which focused on individuals in their late teens and twenties where erectile dysfunction is less common. Meaning if they found a connection between pot users and erectile dysfunction, they didn't control for age and erectile dysfunction. Great. Questions remain about the different types of sexual relationships, long-term versus sporadic versus unstable, that frequent consumers engage in or if there's any correlation between use and relationship type. The research team also cautioned that the study did not capture any potential medium-range and longer-term consequences of heavier drinking and cannabis use, including any potential proclivity to engage in less safe sex practices due to inebriation. Oh, they had to bring that up, didn't they? How come any time we have a conversation about like people having sex, there's some fucking journalists out there being like, let's talk about if people are being risky with their sex that they're having while on drugs. And I'm like, lots of people who don't do drugs and alcohol also don't use condoms. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. I, 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 I understand that I, they're trying to be like, let's look at this from all perspectives. And I'm just like, I get that. I, I, I see it less as a, as a stigma comment and more of, a, again, your inhibitors are reduced. Yeah, right? but that's not what the study was about. Like, the study wasn't about our people who do drugs and, like, recreational marijuana and alcohol consumption. Are these people... The study wasn't, are they less likely to engage in safer sex practices? The study was about, is there a connection between... You know what I mean? Like, that wasn't even a question they were asking. The scope of the study didn't yeah. even get close to including that. And that's not even the question that was being asked here. It feels like a thought at the end being like, oh, I wonder. But like, like an opening. It's like, a, you know, on TV shows when they have like the, the last, you know, it's like, oh, maybe there's going to be a season two. They're like opening it up for another article and another study. Yeah. Like, but that's not that's... what these people are studying, nor is that the area they're probably going to go into. And also, like, I'm sure there are many studies talking about youths and how they drink and then don't use condoms. Like, you know what I mean? I'm sure. Yeah. I haven't. I'm not. I'm not going to Google it now. I looked at it like, do we Google it now? <laughs> no, I'm not going. OK, since the increased desire arousal and orgasms in young people who are high risk cannabis consumers with a moderate risk of alcohol use is usually associated with a reduction in anxiety and shame which facilitates sexual relationships, the study called for future sex education practices to focus on strategies that reduce shame and anxiety to prevent young people from developing potential drug and alcohol dependency issues later on in their lives. So the study said, not, we're going to study this further. They said, we just need better sex ed so that people yes. don't feel the need to use these things. And I'm like, for sure. Cool. Also, I mean, I agree. I think that like, comprehensive sex education for youth for adults is important for everyone personally i'm more passionate about giving proper sex education to adults because i feel like that is where we are lacking as a society i think that lots of adults 
don't understand a lot about sex, don't understand a lot about sexuality. And that's where our learning is. And once adults and people are able to learn more about that, I think that that's when a well, more comprehensive sex education for views will be a lot easier to get to. Well, this is saying, well, the, the target group here was people 18 to 30. They are adults. Yes. You know, yeah. they are talking about that exact age group, but also like, I remember getting sex ed in grade nine gym and then never again, because it doesn't, you don't get it unless you take gym. So like when I was actually sex, sexually active, I wasn't getting sex ed. Yeah. And like, here. even just the assumption that you learned everything there is to know in grade nine and there's nothing else for you to possibly learn is ridiculous. You don't do that with any other subject. No, absolutely not. And there's a taboo of talking about it. So because of the industry that I we're in and because of a lot of things, I talk about things about sexuality. And oftentimes when I talk to people who aren't in the industry, they'll be like, wait, what? Like they don't know certain things, not just consent, which is like, no, like a, a huge literally thing. everything. Like the fact that the clitoris yeah. is like, you know, internal and all of the images we have of it right now are of it aroused, not yeah. And e even things like, what is a kink? What is a fetish? Why does, like, how do they come up? Does everyone have one? Yes. How do you explore that? Like, I do want to bring up something funny that I just thought about, just because I, you know, I already agree with everything you say. You know how, like, every time we see a picture of the clitoris, it's the engorged clitoris, like the aroused clitoris. Could you imagine yeah. if every time we talked about a penis in a classroom setting, they showed us erect penises? Like, super cute, colorful, pink versions of erect penises and like, every single time. But it was always the same penis. Never, like, a different penis. I'm just thinking how yeah. funny that would be. It would be very funny. Because that's um, basically what they do. Now. It is. But, I mean, at least they're finally acknowledging that the clitoris exists. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. That's, that's a big step. Yeah. That's true. Good for society. Uh, <laughs> one other thing here, because I know that I'm always very sensitive to, like, stigmatizing language. The way that they say high-risk cannabis users without explaining what that is, what that's defined as, but, like, nobody likes being called high-risk, and nobody likes having their behavior described as high-risk. It's, it's like, you know, why, it implies that they everything about their life is a high-risk thing, and they're an at-risk person. Like, nobody fucking likes that. Don't do yeah. that. I, I agree. I don't like that language personally. I think that there is not a lot of room for explanation. For example, me as a medical cannabis user am labeled as a high risk person. Why? It makes sense because I am inhaling things into my lungs because my breathing functions may be reduced because of a lot of other things. But, like, but when you just say health. high risk, yeah. right? You're, you're basically implying that it's kind of an insinuation that I'm not in control of my life as opposed to I am using a tool. It's like someone who takes steroid medication. There's going to be certain risk factors associated with that. Same with my medication. It's yeah. Yep. Do you want to read another article? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. So you wanted, I paid for a New York times subscription just because I, you know, had to for the podcast because they were having a sale so we're gonna read the new york times article that you liked because i paid for it so fuck you new york times i'm gonna read you that's Yay. how this works why did facebook reject these ads a new report found that social network has rejected hold ads. on let me get the uh the pre-grown out Ugh, facebook yeah okay. okay so women's sexual health setting policies about adult products and services a breastfeeding workshop, pants for postpartum discomfort, consent education. These are a few of the services and products featured in ads that Facebook has rejected, according to a new report from the Center for Intimacy Justice. 
For the report, Jackie Rotman, the nonprofit organization's founder, interviewed employees and leaders at more than 35 companies focused on issues related to women's sexual health, including pelvic pain, menopause, menstruation, and fertility, and surveyed dozen more. The survey was created in partnership with Origin, a pelvic floor physical therapy company. Do you remember when there was a span of time in my early 20s when um, I was getting a lot of vaginal rejuvenation ads? Because I no. do. I do. I don't. And like, yeah, okay. All 60 companies had ads rejected by Facebook and about half of them said their accounts had been suspended at some point, according to the report, which was released on Tuesday. In most cases, Facebook had labeled the ads as containing adult content or promoting adult products and services. In its advertising policies, Facebook says that ads promoting sexual and reproductive health products or services like contraception and family planning must be targeted to people 18 years or older and must not focus on sexual pleasure. I'm yeah, so... I'm sure mad right now i'm sure viagra and cialis don't have any ads on facebook no because that would be inappropriate we should look that up actually we say that but we should i'm gonna google it is viagra allowed to advertise on facebook um they do not interesting okay i mean honestly at least it's equal okay let me continue on its website yeah no let's continue but on its website facebook provides examples of ads that are not permitted buy or sex toys for your adult pleasure and those that are new moisturizing lube to relieve vaginal dryness on a day-to-day basis so if you have vaginal dryness you can buy lube but if you want it for sex you can't and practice safe sex with our brand of condoms okay still miss rotman found many ads targeting men that were accepted by facebook despite appearing to break the social media platform's policy an ad for condoms that promises pleasure one for lubricant lotion made just for men's alone time and another for an erectile dysfunction pill that promises a wet hot american summer okay yeah so fuck you facebook right now it's arbitrary where they'll say a product is or isn't allowed in a way that we think has really sexist undertones and a lack of understanding about health miss rotman said she says that it was a systemic problem and added that is especially detrimental to small businesses this article says everything i would want to say so far yeah i'm glad i I... subscribed (laughs) yeah okay we welcome ads for sexual wellness products but we prohibit nudity and have specific rules about how these products can be marketed on our platform a spokesperson for meta facebook's parent company wrote in an email we provided detail to detail to advertisers about what kinds of products and descriptions we allow in ads the spokesperson added that facebook makes mistakes in enforcing its advertising policies and that it has overturned several ad rejections that some of the companies mentioned in the report experienced One company that has struggled to get ads approved by Facebook is Joylux, which sells menopausal health products, including a device that is inserted into the vagina and is used to strengthen the pelvic floor. Our consumer is a Facebook consumer, said Colette Cortian, the chief executive of Joylux, who founded the company in 2014. She's a 50-year-old woman. Facebook is the best place for her to be educated on menopause-related topics. Um, Ms. Cordian added that Facebook is Joylux's top customer acquisition channel. But she said Joylux employees have long been confused by Facebook's policies and how they are applied. Because of the nature of our product, the look of it, she said, Facebook and other companies believe it is pornographic. Since 2017, Joylux's Facebook account has been shut down twice. The company did not tell her why. Heather Dizel, the vice president of marketing at Joylux, said she found that any ad going directly to our site would be automatically denied because of the word vagina. Can we be honest? I have never seen a porn company that uses the word vagina. I have never seen a sex toy company that uses the word vagina. Nope, I agree. Like, it's like vagina is a non, it's a medical word, not a sexy word. You got to talk about it like a, like you're a cute little kid or like you are an animal. It's a pussy. Like, you know, like you can't, 
I don't like calling, we've talked about this, I do not refer to my vulva as a pussy. I think it's weird. I'd rather call it a cunt or a box, even though they're equally terrible. I, I feel like I vary, and I think that variation is fine. Like, if I am in the throes of it, sometimes the word pussy will come out. I'm not going to lie. I mm. hear it so much that it will come out. Um, but I don't think of it as my pussy. Like, I think of it as my vagina. My vulva. Vulva. Yeah, I'm trying to think vulva, my... too. Yeah. Like, I'm trying well, to switch my yeah. language to thinking about it as, that's my vagina, that's my vulva. My friends make, like, the gym friends make fun of me for it. It's really for, funny. For calling your vulva, vulva your vulva? Yeah, they're like, but, like, nobody says that. Everybody just says vagina, so we can just say vagina. And I said, no, that's the whole point. I'm a sex educator. You are my friends. You know the right terminology. We must call things by, it would be like if I pointed to my eyeball and said, this is my neck. Pretty much. Like, okay. Anyway. Or my mouth and said, this is my neck. Either way, things are called things for a reason. Like, if I say, oh, my vagina is itchy, what are you going to think? Get a stick and put it up in there and you got the yeast. And scrape it out. (laughs) With a stick. Because that's, you know, well, you've got the fingernails. I don't have the fingernails. Are you sighing at me right now? I pardon. Are you no, I'm. Right I'm not sighing at you. I am. Um, I, I got the visual image of a scraping stick inside my <laughs> vagina, and that is what I am. Ugh, uh, you know. Okay. Yeah. Should I get back to the? Uh... Yes, get back to the article. A spokesperson from Meta said that Facebook does not have a blanket ban on words like menopause or vagina, but considers how each ad is positioned. No, they don't. Fuck you, Facebook. Over the years, Joylux has pulled back its approach to Facebook ads, but even with the changes Joylux has made to its copy and imagery, many of its ads are still rejected in the initial review process. Two years ago, they started working with an agency that helps company appeal ad rejections, and usually after the appeal, the ads are approved. But the process is time-consuming and expensive. And the resulting ads are not helpful to consumers. We can't show what the product looks like and we can't say what it does. Intimate Rose, a company in Kansas City that sells vaginal dilators and pelvic floor weights and wands, has faced similar issues. We're normally always rejected. Um, she provided several examples, including I'm going to like start skipping words and sentences here if they're not really relevant because this is long. She provided several examples, including an ad with a fully clothed laughing couple. Live, laugh and love again with pelvic health products from Intimate Rose. Two other ads featured videos of women discussing how Intimate Rose weights have helped them with incontinence. Miss Fleming said all of the ads were rejected because Facebook categorized them as adult products or services. Adult meaning inappropriate, of course, for people who don't know what that's code for. In the adult product section of its commerce policy, Meta gives several examples of items that are banned. Sex toys, sexual enhancement products, sexually oriented adult products such as pornography, used or worn underwear, images of nudity, including partial child nudity, even if not sexual in nature. But the policy states that products such as lubricants or condoms, which do not focus on sexual pleasure or sexual enhancement, are allowed. Lubricants are sexual enhancement, but they're not. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, but also like, um, a vaginal dilator is not a sexual toy. It's a health product. No. Like, pelvic floor therapy is really important, and it's one of the easiest. It ways is, to and get a there. lot, a lot of people with vaginas and vulvas aren't aware that pelvic floor is something that needs training that needs yeah. work um that you know becomes weaker over time and like i personally have a pair of it uh thank you ray uh for last year's birthday present um that is basically one of those toys that you put in and you contract and you basically do your kegels on it with video games in order to make it a more fun process um but it, it <sighs> Yeah. While gamifying these things are great, 
how many people out there don't know that Kegels are important, that exercising your pelvic floor is important, that you will have certain effects over time health-wise because they don't know it's important. Yep. Yeah, and so this person is saying that they they appealed the rejection and then the uh, man who worked for Facebook, I say that on purpose, Facebook rep pointed to the commerce policy, said the ad was correctly rejected and he would not be able to reveal any more details because they could be used to circumvent the policy in the future. It comes down to the reviewer's judgment, said Aaron Wiltz, one of the founders of Intimate Rose. Businesses are not the only entities that use Facebook ads. R&W Media, a nonprofit in the Netherlands, builds online communities for social change, including Love Matters, which is focused on sexual and reproductive health and rights and relies on Facebook ads to reach its audience. And during a span of six years, nearly 1,800 ads were rejected. Um, most often, the reason was they were categorized as adult content or sex toys. I find it ridiculous how the way we communicate in the world these days is social media that's how we get out that's how we get things out yeah, information yeah it's censorship for something that everyone goes through everybody fucks unless you're ace which is like a different situation but like almost everybody fucks almost everyone has sex this information is relevant to most people well, i mean listen we don't need to finish the article because we know where this is going um, like it, they've given us a million examples, but one thing that I was talking about with Marissa yesterday is how, um, like Esther Perel's book talks so much about how, like in American, North American culture, we want to protect young people from sex and having sex so much, but in Europe, they acknowledge that like young people have sex and there's just a completely different mentality around it. But we are so worried about protecting young people from explicit content that we don't, that they are also constantly exposed to anyway through advertising uh, and TV shows. Can you remind shows. me again what the teen pregnancy rate is amongst North Americans? Higher than Europe. to other countries? Yeah. It's higher than Europe. Here, wait, I'll see if I it's can find almost, you. It's almost like proper sex education and access to information can prevent behaviors. Yeah. I'm finding this quote because it was really good. And, um, one second, <clears throat> maybe I missed it, but, uh, oh no, I found it. I found it. I found it. Good thing. This is like the unedited version. So I get to look for quotes. Ready? Oh, nope. I did not find it. Basically, Esther Perel's <laughs> book is good and everyone should read it. Um, yeah, but I do think that like we like, well, we talked about how I had a conversation with one of one of our former bosses about like young people are sexual beings and we need to give them the tools to have sex safely. Um, and like, we know people, you and I, and this person, we all knew someone who got into her first like group sex experience when she was in high school. And this was just a highly sexual person. I'm not going to pathologize her in any way. I don't know if she had mental illness or not, but the assumption that a young person who is hypersexual must've been abused or is mentally ill is kind of ridiculous, especially considering how much sexual imagery people are exposed to from a very young age. If you're in puberty and you're being highly sexual, that's that's like what's the motivation are you doing it because you want to have sex or because you want to try and impress someone like that's questionable children below puberty being highly sexual is usually a sign of abuse and that's when it's concerning mm -hmm. True. like but we we just keep trying to protect young people from sex so much that we like facebook knows if you're a child they can just choose not to send those ads to those accounts yep there can also be an 18 plus version or or something like so YouTube has. Easy. Yeah. Right? Like confirm you are over this 18 oh. years of age or whatever. Like you want to know something ridiculous, by the way, and then we can mm. wrap things up. Um, Always. My 
our how to take measurements for latex video got flagged as adult content, but not the how to take measurements for lingerie. Yeah, there's an age restriction on the lingerie fashion show from Montreal Fetish Weekend and an age restriction on your how to take measurements, but not an age restriction on how to take measurements for lingerie. Yep, that they put on for me. <sighs> yeah. But that's the whole thing. Like, this is, it's always arbitrary. Yes. Anyway. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I'm glad we can continue our days being mad now. Uh, it's my birthday. I refuse to be mad today. Go eat some cake um, or something. I will not. Actually, I will probably not, but thank you. Okay, I understand. <laughs> Shall we say goodbye to the listeners yeah. today? Yes. Goodbye, listeners. Thank you for listening to our rants and um, thoughts and whatever shit you're supposed to say at the end of this stuff. Yeah, so. see you next time. Peace. <laughs>